Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman, Jamie Rivers. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton from 105.7 The Point and from a former, uh, I just, I can't do this anymore. We have to get an intro. No, just leave it in. It might as well. We're not editing that I, out listen, anyways. I got to tell you something. First of all, Jamie Rivers from 101 ESPN and a former Blues defenseman. Gentlemen, I wasn't going to start out this way, but since I screwed up the intro, I got to start out this way. <laughs> I feel so bad about my effort on the Tuesday podcast. Mm, it wasn't man. a matter of effort as a matter of execution. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I really, I, I came to play, but the game was just off on Tuesday, and so, I'm sorry. Donnie, I have a, a thing as a coach. Okay, mm-hmm. and yeah. I say I want the three E's every game. Okay, elephant. Uh, no, 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 that's that a diff. That's that's the whole non-hockey thing. related, yeah, and okay. it has something South to do with the border. Trunk. Anyways, now that being said, okay, it's energy. Okay, effort. Yep, execution. You got two out of three. That's I got, a pass. Yeah, I you got did. two out of That's three. Right. That's a pass. That's what I went back and I was thinking about it. I was like, man, you know, my brain wanted to really help out there, but boy, what a swing and well, a miss, man. And we had talked about healthy scratching you today, but we're putting you back <laughs> no, in the lineup. No, that's I, not true. I can wanna... always use an energy guy <laughs> in my lineup. Okay. Well, good. Listen, I'm just going to do my best, like the Blues should do against that Arizona number one line. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm just going to dump it in. I'm just going to make the safe just play. Just dump and chase. <laughs> that's go. all I'm doing. Now what we. What we may have to do is say I say the hamster's running in its wheel, right? And yeah. your hamster's running at a torrid pace. I yes. mean torrid, torrid, yes. so much that he flips himself out of the wheel. Now the wheel keeps going, right? Right, but the hamster's not in it, and then all of a sudden the hamster jumps back in. And so I, I that's what I think of you when I. I'm going to tell you something. That might Maybe have been the best the hamster two in sentence explanation of yeah. my brain that <laughs> has ever been said. I was ever. thinking he's the guy on the on the swing, but it's going around like this all the way around. You know how you used to try to do yeah, that, go yeah, all yeah. the way around. Donnie's brain does it every time around. You Dude. thought that was a great idea until like you saw your buddy go up too high, and they didn't have enough momentum, and he dropped straight down. Yeah. Like, eh, maybe I'll just suck at this. So I'm going to do my best to complete all three of the E's today. Okay. Energy, effort, and execution. There we go. So I'm going to do my best. Can we start out with emails, gentlemen? Is that an yeah. all right place to start? Yeah. That's an E. Emails. It is. That's, maybe right, we have the four, four E's for the show. We're one better. All right. Let's let's get, first of all, this is our first message uh, from uh, from the U.K., Oh wow! Oh, yeah, it's wow. pretty awesome. So that's Illinois. Good day, huh? mate. <laughs> now this Illinois? is oh, this is from it, Mark Mills, and uh, he sent this actually on Tuesday, and he said, uh, "Hey, uh, you guys had a very interesting discussion about the Coyotes as an organization and Jamie's experience there. Uh, I'm not sure if this is a total coincidence, but in the article, uh, there was an article that appeared in today's email from the Athletic, and it goes on uh, to to talk about the Coyotes organization very thoroughly, and the article suggests that maybe like the NHL governance." of the franchise could be improved uh how competent is the nhl's controls over the franchise like it was a real deep dig into the franchise which you know my initial question was just kind of 
where should they live? You know what I mean? Yeah. Glendale, whatever. So I did not have a chance to read this article. Jamie, can you speak to this at all? Can you, yeah. do, do you know much about it? Katie Strang wrote it and she's, she's really good. She does amazing pieces for the athletic and she does. She dives in real deep and gets all the information and it's all factual. Okay. So I'm not here to, well, actually I shouldn't say it. I don't know. However, she, as a reporter, as a writer, has a tremendous reputation. Right. Okay, so uh, read into it what you want. Now, there it, it went in pretty deep. It went in. There were some negative things that were written about the ownership over the years and how they've handled things and how they handle certain HR things. And look, that's not for me to judge. Sure. Uh, I never was on that side of the equation with the Coyotes. All I can speak to is that... The organization has struggled. It has struggled with finances, with with management, with leadership, with all those things. It really has struggled, and it just it shows, right? So the NHL stepped in. They did. They stepped in when they were in bankruptcy, and the NHL had to like help them out. Are, are there are were people just not showing up to the games, or are people showing up to the games that it's just not a good business model? It was all of the above. Okay, you know, okay. you get some games where. It, it, let me put it this way, and Jeff, I know you love when I talk about the Red Wings. I so, do so much. When I, uh, when I was with the Red Wings, we would go in to play the Coyotes. Sorry, Jeff. Use a trash can next time, please. Um, and there would be more Red Wings jerseys in the crowd than Coyotes jerseys. And I'm not joking. Like, we're talking 5,000 people there in red. Like, when the Wings score, it's louder than when the Coyotes score sort yeah. of thing. And the Red Wings at that time, I know Jeff used a trash can again, um, at that time, we would go to Florida, Tampa, all these other Carolina, all these places, and we would outnumber the fans would outnumber the home team just because we had every Hall of Famer in the league playing right. for the team and a guy named Rivers. Of sure. course, that was very yeah. important. Uh, a lot of number fours, sure, in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Maybe one. <laughs> Maybe one on the bench. Me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, to your point about Arizona, is that it, it just it, it's just been a struggle. It, the, the best setup they had. And I talked about it last episode was when they were downtown, Phoenix. Uh-huh. Right. And they yeah. shared the arena with the Suns. The only problem was, and maybe I didn't explain this good enough on the last episode, was that the the Coyotes end where they defended twice, the upper deck jutted out so far that the people were literally sitting like in the rink, like where they were above the rink. They couldn't even see the goaltend. They, they were missing the, the bottom portion, like from the bottom of the circles to the end boards. They were above it because it was made for basketball. Sure. And obviously the court is a lot smaller. And mm-hmm. when you have upper deck, your, your thought is, hey, let's bring them closer to the action. Uh, we didn't really think we'd have a hockey team here when we did this. So that was a bad setup. And that they automatically wanted to get out of that setup. They used to sell out. Remember, I think it was 90, 98? I think when we came back from 3-1 against the Phoenix Coyotes at the time. When we went into that rink to start that series... It was a hostile environment. Mm. Like the whiteout, that's I where it started. I remember the whiteout. Yeah, the whiteout started with Winnipeg. The Winnipeg whiteout way back when, and then the Phoenix fans adopted that because Winnipeg moved to Phoenix. Yeah. Mm. We went in there, dude, and it was white everywhere. Like everybody was in team, and they were there before warm-up. So you come out for warm-up, and this place is just like, it's hostile. They're mm. after you. They don't really know what hockey is, but they know that they want blood. <laughs> and they wanted blues blood. Uh-huh. And so I was like, this is an incredible market. Like, they're going to kill this thing. And then they moved the team. They moved the rink to Glendale, which at the time, now it's become more of a destination, like we talked about. At the time, it was like, it was an island. Sure. There was the football stadium and the hockey rink. That's it. Thanks for coming. Mm. So, and around that, the the real estate around that was not like Scottsdale. Sure. Okay, so basically, why would you go into this Glendale area unless you're just going to see a hockey game or a football game and then to travel there from any of the other areas like Scottsdale or the upper tier, we'll call it demographic, like why would you make that hour and a half trek to watch a team that was losing? Right. right. Yeah. Well, And on school nights and all that just kind all of stuff. Above. Not, it yeah. just, it's never been a good recipe, mm-hmm. except for when they had the team that started there and it was a, a hork bleep set up for the team at the time. Right. And but they had Ronick, they had Kachuk, they mm. had Dallas Drake, they had like some stars or heck Rick Tockett played there at the time. Like they, they had some guys you could get behind. 
then they went in a dry spell, and like then you end up having a guy like Rivers in your top four D. <laughs> no joke. Oh. That's not positive, well, guys. But you know what, though, man? Like, like <laughs> it is for you. It is for me. It was great for me. As a hockey fan, though, hearing you say that actually make disappoints me even more. Why? Because that? to me, it feels like that there is a really good hockey base there that is not being. Service. You know, being served yeah, right, the, the, yeah. the way that they could be, and then you know all of the things uh, around that. But I'm definitely there's a ton read of that transplants, article. by the way, down yeah. there. Like a lot of people from Canada, a lot of people from northern areas that go down there. A lot of guys have retired there now, right? Mm-hmm. Some of the players that stayed around there, and they've done a great job of building the Little Coyotes program. Problem is, is that they just don't do a great job of simplifying things for the fans. Wow. All right. Uh, Second email. And we're going to address uh, the first line of this after I read the email. Uh, Hey, guys. And Donnie uh, <laughs> just started just started listening this season, and now I eagerly await every new episode. Uh, I love to hear y'all's thoughts, and mostly Jamie's, on a couple of things. Uh, <laughs> I wrote for, this one. <laughs> first, what happened to Mikola? Uh, from my uneducated perspective, he's better than Gunnarsson. Admittedly, I think just about anyone would be better than Gunning, but Whoa. I thought wow. Nico played well for a rookie and especially liked him on the PK. Uh, we've got such a veteran blue line, it seems like a perfect situation for him to get in the NHL minutes at a low risk. Second like most fans, I'm loving Jordan Cairo. While his setup and finishing is obviously spectacular, it seems like he's playing better away from the puck, and particularly on both the forecheck and the backcheck. I'd love to know what you think. Thanks for being both entertaining and educational. That's from Dan. <clears throat> Here's the thing. Uh, Jeff and Jamie, uh, please write this down. Uh, oh. they, they can give me because they have earned the right over time <laughs> to do that, and I know that the crap in which that they give me is well-intentioned. 100%. Yes. Sir, so you think. Uh, Dan, my balls are big, and this is partly my podcast. And oh, that one's I, okay, Jeff. That I, one's okay. I, yeah, that's I, I will, okay. I, I will not, when he's uh, lying, it's fine. I will, not handle, <laughs> I will not handle the moon treatment on this particular podcast. It's just not how we're going to roll, okay? Like, it's just well, not you how. you do look like a guy that wants people to know you're tough. But I no, but I but I'm not no no I don't no I oh, tell people that, I'm huh? not tough. You heard that? I huh? heard that. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, appreciate that shout out, Mo. So so for that first thing, so so Dan, uh, thanks for that. But also he's he I, he's right about Kairou, and that's something that you've been saying for a while now. That not only is it the 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 offensive stuff, but he's coming back and playing well. well this in was the back Dan. You said Dan. Yes. This is so great that somebody is doing what I'm doing, and I'm just going to assume Dan is doing what I'm doing because I have started watching players without the puck now and it's because of the education that i'm getting on the last minute blues podcast normally i would just watch the puck like most other people but if you watch a jordan kairu when he's not and when he's not handling the puck you can see his development you really can and with young defensemen that's what i've been doing too where they're going where they're anticipating when they don't have the puck that makes the game so much more fascinating for me yeah so obviously a two-part question yes right uh nico mikola he's playing fine there's nothing wrong. He played. Has had some really good games. I think in the recent couple of games, maybe he needed a break. Okay, he maybe he needed to step back. And you're trying to at the same time trying to keep your other guys active as right. well, right? Because Bortuzzo was out for an extended period of time, and so he needs to get the reps. And then Gunnarsson, you know, Dan, I appreciate Dan's, you know, his passion. But I would disagree with mm-hmm. Dan. I, I like Carl Gunnarsson, and if you look at Alex Petrangelo's. Uh, best minutes, some of his best minutes as a St. Louis Blue, he was partnered with Carl Gunnarsson. That says a lot. Alex Petrangel was an incredible defenseman for the Blues, but you don't play alone. Right. You, you always have a partner. So I'm going to give a lot more credit to our friend of the show, our vanilla ice cream. Yeah, man. Yeah. Carl Gunnarsson. Um, now, that being said, he needs to get the reps. He needs to play. And I think you'll see Mikula get back in there in the next you know handful of games. Heck, they have... Uh, but four home games, and then they go on the road for six. That's a lot of hockey here happening in the next little while, so everybody's going to get reps out there. Is there any value to a Mikola where you play him a handful of games and then he sits for his own sake so he can, lack of a better term, sit and think about what he did, positive and negative? Absolutely. My first year, my first full season with the Blues, we had myself and Chris McAlpine. We're here at the oh, same time. He's yeah. now an agent, right? He is an agent. A fantastic one at that. And the Mule, his nickname, he was awesome. And it's not because of what you think, Donnie. He had uh, big legs. Big legs. Yeah, yes. he was oh. he big, He's a big no, from he, the waist down. But He was an average gentleman. Uh-huh. However, his legs um, were mule worthy. All right. so, I got it. Just so we clarify that up, you know, right, I know he's got a wife and kids and... <laughs> 
I know he's a I big listener to the that, podcast. <laughs> Although maybe he would appreciate the the advertising. Not yeah. sure. Now that being said, uh, Joe Quenville came to both of us. He literally called us into a, a, his office together and said, "Listen, guys, here's what we're going to do." We're going to go one in, one out, one in, one out. We're going to rotate. You guys are in and out. That's it. I don't care how good you play. I don't care how bad you play. Don't take it personal. It's one in, one out. If we have some injuries, you guys fill in full time. And Joe Quenville was true to his word. And so Mule and I, McAlpine, we got to being able to pull for each other because you're like, you know what? I don't want this guy to suck so I get in the lineup. I don't want him to get hurt so that I get in the lineup. I want him to play well so that every time I come back in the lineup, we got a good thing going here. Yeah. And it was great. And when when McAlpine was in, oh, boy, struggling on that one today, (laughs) he played with Pronger. And when I was in, I played with McInnes. So we were both set up for success. So when you talk about playing with somebody so that your young guys develop and get some confidence, to your point, put them with somebody who's good. I never understood why they put the guys, like, on the fourth line or in the last pairing, unless they're that style of player. Right. If they're not, if they're a good player who can move the puck and participate and be a part of things, put them with somebody who they're going to actually be playing with in the future or that they could play with. And so, yeah, so Joel Quenville, to your point, Jeff, is I'm like way off the rails on this one. That's all right. To your point, um, yeah, it's beneficial sometimes to sit back and have a look and – Get some training. In. Like, Mikola's going to have a nice, long career. That's the way you have to look yeah, at that's it. That's my whole point. He can sit back and relax for a minute and think about what he did wrong and what he did he's right. Still he's still getting paid. He's still going to be 12 years old or whatever <laughs> It's like is. a paid day off. <laughs> he's now, still getting paid. Yeah. Now, we do have one more email here, Uh-oh. gentlemen. And uh, this one's fantastic. All right. Oh, all right. Gentlemen, exclamation point. And I am included in the gentleman this time, which I also appreciate. You must have wrote this one. Good morning. First, I want to say, love the podcast. Very funny and yet informative at the same time. I want to inquire about some sponsorship opportunities. Uh, we are, yes. and this is from Rockwood Coffee, we are a small company, just started up November of 2020, and then they ask questions about how much standard spot, what do we need to purchase. Uh, we would love to send you some samples of our ground or whole bean coffee. Soon we'll be ordering coffee in a, offer, soon we'll be offering coffee in a quote-unquote tea bag. You brew your coffee just like tea. Send us an address and we'll love to show off our stuff. That's from Rockwood Coffee Company, and that's from John. From Rockwood well, Coffee Company. Jeff hey, is interested now. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, huh? So, Jeff, uh-huh. can you take care of the uh, the the business angle of absolutely, this particular and, sure. and reaching yeah. back out to John what to kind find of coffee out? coffee do y'all like? I like whatever coffee you guys like. I think I like that tea bag one, Jeff. All right, let's get back to the coffee. It was it was um, absolutely going to happen, whether yeah, Jamie I mean, did it or Jeff did it. As there soon was as you no said way it, yeah. that there was not going to be a tea bag. You said it. He turned I, seventeen dude, immediately. Seventeen, like you seven. Know, you know what's so crazy is you trying to play the high road of being. Oh, and he like who he's said 17. something? Who said something? He did. I just told you which one I think I'd be cool with. Uh-huh. Oh, I know which one you're cool with. <laughs> so hopefully anyway, your sinuses are clear. Anyway, thank you, John. As I try to flip and pull this. Never mind. Yes. Not, I can't even say. I'm drinking coffee right now, and I, it might as well be Rockwood coffee. I'm sure it's fantastic. So, yes, we welcome all opportunities. Uh, yes. Absolutely. Yes, so, yes, 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 yes. Please. And th- are you a coffee drinker? Oh, my You're God. You're a coffee drinker, yeah, right? I used to. Okay, quick story, which I'm sure nobody wants to hear, but I'm going to say it anyways. Why? Hey, because my po- mic's on. And it's our okay? podcast. We can yeah. do what we want. That's right, Donnie. <laughs> Good point by you. That's two today. Thank Good you, job. man. I'm executing. You are. The three E's, four E's. You had the emails, too. It's awesome. Uh, yes, I'm a coffee guy now. I used to be when I played, and then all of a sudden energy drinks became a part of like everybody's life, which were probably the worst thing ever. Sorry, Red Bull. Sorry for all these things. You guys are great. You serve a purpose. Trust me. Just not an everyday purpose like coffee. And I was going like one in the morning, and then by lunchtime, I was fading. And so I did another one, right? You're two energy drinks deep in a day, mm-hmm. and then... I didn't, I just, for me, for me personally, not bashing anything, maybe yeah. for somebody else it works, it wasn't working. But I didn't realize it wasn't working until I stopped. Right. And then when I stopped, I replaced it with coffee from time to time and water. My energy levels, like, skyrocketed. I'm not, like, falling asleep during lunch or, or you know, on the mic, which, you know, is never a good thing, no, Jeff. Uh-uh, right. Uh-uh. It's, it's frowned upon. Actually talking at the time. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that is challenging. Yeah. However, uh, impressive in some moments. But, yeah, no, so I'm a big coffee guy now. And, uh, heck, I would love to be able to try that coffee and talk about it. And all the other thing is, too, as, an, as a former pro athlete, 
you still do need to take care of your body. I do. I need to take better care of my body. And uh, we actually got I got a little message the other day from uh, Jillian Tedesco over at Fit Flavors. We, oh, very nice. We dropped them just a little bit the other day. Yeah. And uh, first of all, I have to be honest. I go to Fit Flavors three, four times a week for oh, do you, right? for lunch. I go in yeah. there myself, Brad Thompson, Anthony Stalter. We walk over. We grab something. Eat while we're doing show prep, all this stuff. And we're always like, oh, my God, that's so good. My favorites are the steak with the Yukon potatoes and the shrimp Alfredo. The shrimp Alfredo, I sometimes buy two of them and cook and eat the whole dang thing. Where's ours? Well, you guys are gone by then. So, so, so wait, so... (laughs) What is my uh, what is my cook time like? Do is this a microwave no, it's, situation it's, it's, or is uh, it ready to roll? It's ready to roll. It's like a meal preparation, right? So it's in a little container with this vacuum seal yeah. on it, and it's in a fridge, and they have it all labeled. It's amazing. It's got all the nutritional. It's, yeah, it's a ready made meal. And Dude, you, that's, that's what I talked about with the blues. How they take stuff yeah. home. It's exactly like that. You take it home. It's portioned. You put it in for like a minute and a half to two minutes, and boom, you're ready to go. Now, and it's awesome. If I'm you eat there. it, do you look like Jill? I wish. No, no I, don't. I need some help. No, that. but but Jeff, if we combine maybe workouts, maybe no energy drinks like we're talking about, more water, and then some fit flavor meals, I'm all over it. All yeah. right. There's yeah. there. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> there's a chance. <laughs> you know, it, it seems like over the course of the last couple of days, and, and I mean, re- legitimately, the last few days, the re-signing of Jordan Bennington is it seems like it has caught fire. Jamie, can you kind of talk about this a bit? And like, as far as a Blues fan goes, is there a like a, a realistic time frame? Is this something that's going to happen soon? Is this going to when could this potentially go down? I would suggest sooner or sooner than later. And I saw Jeremy Rutherford tweeting about something about maybe a possible two year deal, or maybe that's what it might be. I don't know who started this whole conversation about hey, let's get him signed. Yeah, there may have been someone on the fast lane. Um, Stalter, you know Stalter probably. Well, it might have yeah. been BT though, man. Yeah, BT will come in BT. with some hot, with some hockey stuff. And, or you know, it was probably meat. That's probably oh, that's right. Yeah, You're right. Meat has that, great so. insight too. Yeah. We're a team over there, so sure, we'll give those guys credit. <laughs> so, well, we didn't figure that one out. So let's go to a different question. Um, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. No, look, we talked about it on the fast lane yesterday. We talked about it last week as well. Here's where I am on Jordan Biddington. One, the two year deal, I ain't gonna happen. No. Okay. There's no way. Yeah, but I'm, I'm right in him. It was, uh, I don't know if he was talking about I I glossed through it because okay. I basically said Maybe JR, listen to the fast lane. Yeah. He knows what's up. Jeremy, sorry if I misquoted you. <laughs> yeah. No, but no, JR does amazing work. And it was great to get the quotes from Doug Armstrong. Very few people can get Army to open up like that. So Jeremy Rutherford doing an awesome job of, you know, bringing it to the people, which yeah. is what we want. Pulling back the curtain. Yeah, there you go. Like the Wizard of Oz, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Now, that being said, um, Jordan Bennington is not going to sign a two-year deal. He's 27 years old. He's one of the best goalies in the NHL. He has a Stanley Cup. He's now in the discussion to be one of the goalies for the Canadian Olympic team, which is kind of a big deal. Okay, mm-hmm. guys, just so you know, it means you're like one of the top three goalies in the world. Wow. And so the goaltender position has always been strong with Team Canada. You look at Roberto Luongo, Martin Brodeur, Curtis Joseph. Like, just go down Patrick Law. Yeah. What Grant happened to Brodeur Fuhr? after that? Did yeah. he play in the NHL? Barely <laughs> played, right? Yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, the, the bottom line is this, is that Jordan Bennington at 27, I think the only hope that the Blues have here is like a five-year deal. Bring him to 32. And I shouldn't say only hope. I think the best strategy is that because Doug Armstrong does not like to give out those lengthy, crazy contracts. Like Fernando Tatis Jr. Hello. getting 14 wow. years, $340 million. Of course, that's a different universe. But Doug Armstrong hates to go above five years. He really does. Now, he's made the exception. Justin Falk, Tory Krug are guys uh, that have gotten those deals. But overall, I think a five-year deal, maybe six. But I think the, the, the average of that contract would be right around $8 million. And the reason the, how I get there is if you've got Carey Price at $10.5 million. Okay. He's never won a Stanley Cup. Elite goalie, gold medal for the Olympics. So, to me, he's in that top two or three. Elite of the elite. Elite yes. of the elite. And so you look, you're not really using that as a comp, right? Sergei Bobrovsky, no Stanley Cup. Okay. He's making $10 million a year. Seven sure. years, $70 million. Wow. He's got a good resume. He's got a really good resume. So, again, I'll put that guy just above Jordan Bennington because he's got the um, – 
the length of his resume is a lot longer than Jordan Bennington's two and a half seasons. More of a proven commodity. There you go. Yep. Good job. Donnie, that's another one. That's yes. three today. Yeah. yeah. E. Catch up. e for English. English. Oh, that's five. We're the five he's now. Although I don't know about that one. <laughs> we don't do great on that sometimes. Get it? Don't do great. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Okay. Good job. Now, then we have Andre Vasilevsky. This guy has multiple Vesna trophies and he's got Mr. Shiny himself. One Stanley Cup after last year. He's at 9.5 million. Then there's a gap, gentlemen. Then the gap drops to like Robin Lehner at seven million, uh, Tuka Rask at seven, uh, Mark Andre Fleury at like seven point two, Connor Hellebuck signed a six-year, thirty-seven million dollar contract. He's like six point one six. Now the only guy that has a cup out of those is Vasilevsky. People say, "Oh, Tuka Rask, he was the backup goalie." Tim Thomas won that Stanley mm-hmm. Cup. That's right, right. Okay. Then he disappeared, and then he came back in a in a. a- Taxi cab or something like that? Tim wasn't Thomas? Some, yeah, wasn't there some weird thing with him in a taxi cab? Maybe Patrick Kane? No, no. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know. It, it was some. I think it was some lady that was driving a cab or uh, an Uber or something. I oh, didn't recognize. Yeah, him. yeah didn't, didn't recognize. Yeah, him. That's yeah, yeah. why. I'm glad I stopped the show for that. No, anyway, it was a great ahead. story, Jeff. Um, uh, can I continue? Okay, good. Donnie can get down off my lap now. I was done with story time. Wow. All right. This go, weird. go. Just move. All right. Just move along. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways. For, for my liking, Jordan Bennington falls somewhere between Vasilevsky and Tukarask. And if you find the, the middle ground, you're looking at like $8 million. And so if I'm Doug Armstrong, I know that's a lot of money. But you have to remember now, you have Vili Husso is only making 750000 this year and next year. So all in on your goalies, you'll be under $9 million. Which, if you take Carey Price, Bobrovsky, those guys are already above that threshold. And if you look at Vasilevsky, nine point five. That's above your threshold. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at it and go, I have two NHL goalies, one being a backup, a young guy, Vili Husso, and the other one being a premier goalie in the NHL, and I've got them for under $9 million. I think that's a win. So uh, what do you think Bennington's camp will ask for? <laughs> because obviously they're going to ask for the moon, right? And then they're going to you know, somehow come, in bet- come to the middle there. 100%. And if you read JR's article, you know, Doug Armstrong flat out says, Jordan Bennington bet on himself – and he won. So right there, you're like, okay, hopefully they're having good dialogue right now because if otherwise if I'm the agent for Bennington, I'm like, okay, ching. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. But here's the reality of it is Jordan Bennington kind of has all the leverage right now. I was just going to say Not even that. kind of. Like he does because dive deep into the Blues goalie depth after that. Who do you know offhand? Give me a name. Oh, outside uh, of Huso? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, I don't know anybody else. Okay, see, Jeff. Hold on a second. There's and this is no disrespect uh, to the players. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Roman Turk. Yeah, no. He was 1999-2000, <laughs> but he was good for a season. He was good for a season. That's all I got. Right okay. There. That's it. So, to your point, or to my point, a couple things. One, you have uh, Joel Hoffer, Colton Ellis, and uh, Evan Fitzpatrick. That's after Husso. Now, uh, Colton Ellis is playing really well. He's had like three or four shutouts in his last five games. It's great, but he's playing junior hockey. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's like saying, you know, college pitcher. Whoa, he's hot right now until he gets in there against, you know, some of the best hitters, Paul Goldschmidt. Somebody that can hit a Or Nolan Arenado, and they take him yard every right, time. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't mean he won't be a great goalie. Just that right now, his trajectory has him on the long road to get here. Um, so, yeah, you, you don't have a lot of opportunity. And what are you going to do? Are you going to go out and sign a recycled goal? Well, and if you do and if you do 2 years, then you just in this problem in 2 years when he can be continue to be successful and then he's going to be even more expensive. Bennington won't do 2 years. Right. There's no way, Jeff. That's he's no, going to no, say the, I want what I'm five saying is that makes plus. no sense for either side, yeah. really. Why would Bennington not want to take this to free agency and try to maximize what he can get? This this could very well be the big payday for his career and you know, I mean, I know the kind of guy. He doesn't seem to be the guy Money that's going to go a good out. Thing, no, Donnie. No, no, and I don't. I don't mean it that way. I'm just saying no, I know. that that I don't see him as the guy chasing the big dollar. But if I were him, I don't know that I wouldn't at least very much think I, about it. Let's just not get into the situation again, where we sit here and go, "Oh, he's going to give a hometown discount. He's going to. He's not going to leave, is he? We. He's going to want a statue. Dude, we got people don't do that. We got to quit with this hometown." Home count, hometown discount know, stuff. Especially because it's hard to say. Right. <laughs> a hamster fell out again. Um, let me ask you a question. Because I yes, never sir. messed up. Okay. And this is the best way I can kind of compare it to because people say, well, what's the difference? You just, you know, okay, I get it. Okay. It's a lot of money to every person who's out there listening and working hard every day. You're talking millions of dollars and you're like, oh my God, I can't even imagine. 
But if I told you, Donnie, I could give you life-changing money. I could give you the lottery ticket numbers. Would you say yes or no? Well, for the lottery ticket? Yeah. Hell yeah, I'd okay. say yes. This is the lottery ticket for Jordan Biddington. Absolutely. This is his lottery ticket. This is his chance to get paid out. And he rode a lot of buses. He ate a lot of crap sandwiches. He played for different organizations, minor league teams. He he gutted it out. If you don't think he's taking that lottery ticket, you got another thing coming. And he's going to. He's going to try and cash out. It's not about him. It's about his kids. It's about his kids' kids. Can he provide an incredible life for generations of Bennington's to come? Yes, he can. And so, and a really nice truck. And a sick ride. Yeah. Probably a nice whip, as the kids call it these days. <laughs> Do they still call it a whip? I don't know. I Hopefully don't, don't, don't help me like that. I hope so after that. I, I hope so. Really I said ride. Really I said whip. Okay, <laughs> then. but then, dude, what's his motivation then to not take it to free agency then? Well, the motivation is that you still have a team here that can win. Okay? And a lot of the teams that would be looking for a goalie, they're not on the rise. Okay. And now there are a couple of teams out there that are maybe one goalie away from it. Well, you mentioned Toronto last Toronto week. is the biggest threat in this one. But the best thing about Toronto is they have no cap space. Very little. Now, okay. Freddie Anderson. Well, I feel better then. Freddie Anderson does make around $7 million for the Maple Leafs. So you could say we're going to swap out that money, Freddie Anderson, for Jordan Binnington, and then maybe we cut a guy and, or trade a guy and we open up some space. So where there's a will, there's a way. I shouldn't say they're out of the question, um, but Jordan Bennington has a chance here to win. But the chance for, and this is for both sides, the Blues and Jordan Bennington, the window right now is what you have to focus on, if you're Doug Armstrong as well. Because you've got Ryan O'Reilly in two years, that's an unrestricted free agent. You have Jaden Schwartz this season, unrestricted, at the end of the season. All of this is at the end of these seasons. David Perrans, after two years from now, this year and next year, a UFA. Colton Pareko after next season, a UFA. Oh, boy. You're looking at this. Uh, Tyler Bozak is done after this year. Tarasenko, two years left. So Tarasenko and O'Reilly expire at the same time, along with David Perron. Okay, can you just stop? Yeah, you're giving me, me anxiety, you're really man. Giving me but, a- okay, so, but this is my point. So your window to win is now. So if you're, if you're thinking that Doug Armstrong is going to go and say, hey, we're going to roll the dice on, on Huso and maybe Fitzpatrick, they can carry the look. No, no, because two years from now, if you don't have Jordan Bennington, you may lose. O'Reilly, Perron, Pareko, Terrasin. You may lose those guys because they're going to be like, why are we here? The window's shut. Right. And so I think Doug Armstrong and the Blues know that it's imperative that they keep Jordan Bennington. And now for Jordan Bennington, he gets to stay with an organization that, um, that Craig Berube is a part of. And you can't forget that this is what does count. Is Craig Berube had him in the minors. Craig Berube vouched for him to be called up. Craig Berube supported him in getting some chances to play. That goes a long way right. with a player. So the only, I guess, motivation he'd have is that he stays with a great organization that's going to spend to the cap. That's one thing, too, that people don't realize. Tom Stillman and his group spend to the cap. They're the second highest payroll in the NHL today. Okay, that goes a long way. That tells players that's an organization that's committed to at least contending every year. Yeah. That matters. And that's how Jordan Bennington will stay here is knowing that the window is still open for a championship. He's going to be a part of a good team as far as on the ice, and he's going to be part of a great team as far as an organization is concerned. I was uh, reading up about the uh, Blues Sharks, and uh, one stat was they are 5-12 and 12 on the road, something like that. Does that matter to players, or is that more of a line thing and a betting thing, that sort of thing? Like when when they come to town uh, to oh, play the Blues. Oh, you've shifted gears right now, huh? He's you've shifted gears. You're yes, we have, we have shifted. Okay, yeah, yes, yeah. there has been a shift in gears. Sorry, yes. no. Sorry, Should I have yeah. not? Should I have not? No. Jeff, it's me. Okay, I threw it's, the it's clutch. Not you. I threw it's the me. clutch in and I downshifted. I apologize. You did. No, it's okay. No, you just changed highways. Is what oh, I did. <laughs> I said I have a question. What is wrong I with I thought it was regarding Bennington. Guy's been in radio you? for half a minute, and he's telling me what to do. <laughs> well, this isn't really radio, is it? Oh, yeah, it's radio. Yeah. I guess we are kind of on the radio. We're kind uh, of big now, huh? Ish. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. So does that matter so, to Jeff, you Jeff, sorry, back to your question. Yeah, no, now that I'm actually paying attention. Right, I appreciate that. Tony, how are you doing today, buddy? <laughs> doing okay? great, man. <laughs> he's working on his ease. I'm honestly, working on the ease, man. Honestly, I'm just trying nobody, to stay on track. <laughs> nobody else returned our calls to do this. Just him, right? <laughs> That's it? <laughs> That's because I was the only person you had in your Rolodex. Get, get McAlpine on the phone, damn it, anyway. Get the mule, get yeah, the, get mule. the mule on the phone. But does that matter to you, those kind of things, or do you guys not even look at that? Like, oh, man, Sometimes these guys are coming to town, they suck on the road, this should be easy. No, you definitely, re- you you look at it, right? Because hockey, just like baseball and football and other sports, they have these stats. They're there. And so, as a coach, you look at that and you go, okay, these guys, for whatever reason, 
they start slow or they're not good on the road. So guess what, guys? We got to pounce on them. Okay, so you see, right so, so you game prep using 100%. that information. Now, that. You, what's weird about it is you should be game prepping the same for every game to come out and get a good start and start on time and all right. that stuff. But yeah, you see a team that struggles on the road. You don't want to give them any inspiration to break out of that funk. So your first period is huge. You want to basically be the straw that broke the camel's back and not give them a chance so that you're hoping, oh, well, maybe they'll start to bitch and complain to each other. Maybe they'll start to get angry. Maybe they'll start to take penalties because frustration's creeping in. But if they score first and they start taking it to you, now maybe you just gave them enough energy to win the game. You don't want to do that either. Have you seen any of that with the Blues? As far as not getting along on the ice no, side on no. each other. Because the other night, I don't know if it was the last game that they played or not, but I remember watching going, man, they're not like smiling and having a good time anymore, it seemed like. Well, I understand they're working. I get that. But it just seemed more fun before. Well, it was their seventh game against the Coyotes, which is not the playoffs. Contrary to everybody thinking, well, it was like a playoff. It kind of was, but it's kind of monotonous, too, when you're this early in the season. Second of all, you've been on the road with the same dudes for an extended period of time. And it's not like it used to be. You're not hanging out. You're not having some beers. You're not hanging out by the pool and ordering food and yucking it up. You're not. You're basically in solitary confinement. You're probably sick of it at that point. And, and it's then not it feels sick like of practice teammate. almost because there's nobody there. And right? they were, yeah, yeah, you're right. The energy in the building, although Arizona's kind of like that anyways. No offense, Coyotes. Maybe there should be. I don't be. know why they would take <laughs> offense to that. Um, but yeah, the, the energy and the, and, and the crowd isn't there. Um, but yeah, it just, it's tough, man. And like, it was a frustrating game too. They're losing one, nothing. The referees are horse. Yeah. Uh Not fun. Chief, um, wasn't happy with the way the officiating was either. So that rubs off on your team. So that's kind of, I, I don't read into any of that. When I see a problem is when there's a goal scored and somebody turns and looks at their teammate and be like, lifts their hands up above their head, oh, like, where were man. you on that one? Or you go to the bench, Holy and, cow. Or you, you're wide open and somebody didn't find you, and the guy skates over and be like, oh, I'm wide open. That's where problems sit in. I want to ask about the officiating, and I, and I wanted to ask this a couple of podcasts ago, but I heard, a, I heard Kerry Frazier on with BK and, uh, and Alex, and it was so fascinating. And one of the things that he said was that NHL officials now – are not getting the same AHL minor league reps that Kerry Frazier got when he started. Like, he used the example of, you know, when he got called up and he knew that it was going to be a Blues and Blackhawks game, that he knew what that meant, but he had already been through 20 bench-clearing brawls in his AHL career, so he kind of already knew how to handle it once he got here. Can you sort of talk about maybe the fast tracking of these of these refs and and what it means? And is that my maybe, maybe we're seeing prepared. some of these terrible penalties and the up and down stuff that that with the calls that we've seen this season so far? You're getting the inconsistencies for that reason. Okay, okay. you're you're fast tracking guys to the NHL, and you have to remember you have two referees on the ice now. You used to only have one, mm-hmm. and you have guys that now the league like when they. It, the league is treating, or the referees in charge, like Steve Walken was in charge of the NHL refs, he's treating them like players. You start to get 30, eh, he's getting up there. Mm. He's getting up there because the play is fast. They want young referees who can keep up with the play and that are, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So you're expiring quicker as a referee, which means if you have guys that are you know, being pushed into retirement earlier and there's two guys that are on the ice, you have to replace those two guys. Right. And how many guys are you getting that truly get that experience of working five, six, eight years in the minors before they get their chance? And in the old days, Kerry Fraser, Koharski, all these guys, they stuck around forever. They reffed until they were like 45, 50 years old. Yeah. So there was no real opportunity. So to Kerry Fraser's point, when he got a shot, you better make sure it's, it's a good one. You do a good job. Now guys are getting uh, like I've watched guys that could they were refing midget a couple of years ago. Now they're getting a shot in the NHL. I'm like, this is not good. Wow. That's not. I mean that that's, that's not good for the game. It's not good. Now so, you look at guys like Wes McCauley. He kind of got fast tracked too. His dad was a referee. He was a hockey player, but he's doing a great job. Wes mm-hmm. McCauley is one of my favorite guys in the NHL, but he's got that old school mentality. He talks to the players. He calls out their BS, or he says, ah, I screwed that one up. I went in between periods. I watched that one again. You're right. Okay, I owe you guys, you know, whatever, or get an extra whack next time. 
like he identifies to where he's right. And when he does, he says, hey, BS, zip it. I've heard him say, hey, pff, shut your mouth. You're God, done. I would so do that. The amount of grief that they get. When yeah, somebody... but when yeah. you suck at something, Jeff. Yeah, that's true. You know, like yeah. if you're not good and you go back and you, every every game you're having a meeting with the league and they're like, okay, this was a marginal call. This was missed. This was good. This was bad. This was – then you got to realize, hey, you know what? First of all, you have to realize as a referee, you're the most hated guy in the building right. automatically. Yeah. Nobody likes you. Right. Because at some point you're going to piss off somebody on either side. So you can't go in there looking for friends. It's pretty simple. You go in there and say, okay, if I come out of this where nobody absolutely hates my guts – then that's a victory. But for the referees, communication, man, I've said it to all young referees. I've said it to veteran referees that were maybe high up on their horse and thought they were better than something. Like, dude, it's all about communication. Mm. If you don't tell us what you expect, how can we adjust? And then if you won't take our criticism, like I always made sure that my criticism was calculated. Right. And what I mean by that is it was an absolute blunder by the ref. And I'd skate over and be like, dude, get your head out of your you-know-what. And, the re- and then you go, okay, Rivs doesn't complain. Something must have been screwy right, there. I'm yeah. going to go back and look, and then usually they come out and be like, all right, I got you, Rivs. Yeah, you're right. And But the same token, too, if I was complaining about a call, and Kerry Fraser is one of them, um, Koharski was another one, these guys skate over and be like, hey, Rivs, zip it. You'll see later on the video, zip it. You're lucky you only got one there. That's nice. That's a nice respect thing. And I'm it like, really okay, is. so I go and watch it, and then you, at the same token, then you got to come out and tip the hat, too. Like, yeah. You got me. I have a question for you about refereeing. It's a it's a completely surface question that doesn't matter at all. But the other night when I was watching the game, one of the refs skated over and you know went to the TV and said two minute penalty. Blah 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 blah. What's the protocol there? Is it the guy who blows the whistle does the announcement, or is yeah, it the guy is who there calls, a head guy? No, the guy who actually makes the call. Okay, because sometimes a referee is like you don't want on marginal calls or like you know like a tripping. You don't want them teaming up all the time and going over. If it's a tough call, they'll come together. All four guys, and they'll talk about it. Now, the linesmen aren't supposed to have anything to do with it because, you know, they, they kind of see a lot of things that the referee doesn't. Um, but they will get together and talk about it. But the guy who makes the call, the guy who actually lifts his arm first, who's making the original call, he will be the one that skates over and turns his little mic on and does the NFL thing now. Right. Penalty! <laughs> right. St. Louis Blues, number... You remember a Who's... handful of years ago, the mics were horrible on those things? Yeah. And they, they stepped up the mic uh, probably 10, 15 years Isn't ago. Isn't there a ref that does it with flair? That's Macaulay. Yeah. Wes is Macaulay. That, is that, oh, dude, I love that. He's the guy that says, uh, you know, let's say, uh, <laughs> Kyle Clifford, St. Louis Blues, and whoever on Team X, five minutes for fighting <laughs> and you'll do like the fist shake That's so awesome. i can't they, wait to watch for they, that. they even brought up in the, in this interview tim peel i guess he's awesome so he's a st louis guy he is and, now and, and he was going to retire but because of you know the shortage uh, he is he's doing it another year is yeah. that is that a pretty regular thing will they ask him to stick on again next year they should yeah they should but he's another guy that you know he i say he's getting up there he's not really up there uh, as far as like work related, like if every day office job or what we do, you're not getting up there, right? But in hockey now, with the way they're looking at it, Tim Peel's on his way out, and they're kind of like, yeah, give him a little nice little nudge. But oh wait, wait, come back, we need you for a little bit. Oh go away, wait, come back. It's like that awful girlfriend or boyfriend that <laughs> right. said they hated you, and then say, oh, I want to come back, and yeah. I hate you, and I love you, and then you're like, oh my god, it's three o'clock in the morning, quit texting. Oh, poor no. Tim Peel. <laughs> but no, he's Peel's a he's back awesome. Ref. He's awesome. It feels he ref me in junior hockey. We kind of came up at the same time together. And so when he got his shot in the NHL, I had a relationship with him. And then he ended up moving here to St. Louis. He's married now, got a couple of kids. He's entrenched into the youth hockey in Chesterfield. Uh, just an awesome dude all around. I love Tim Peel. That's awesome. Hey, can I throw one more thing in here before we before we go? Because Jeff, Jeff and I both wanted to bring up uh, Clem Coston uh, yeah. before – uh, before we got done today, um, it seems as though we've heard that he's playing better. And I saw a replay the other day where he checked the dude into the bench, and it was fantastic. You, w- what are our expectations here when it comes to Clem, and what are the Blues' expectations? That's probably even a better question. Well, MVP or bust, right, Jeff? Absolutely. Okay, no. Absolutely. <laughs> Jeff Jeff has a costume I'm jersey. a fan. I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big fan. Um, realistically, it's time for him to play. It is. And the KHL, I said this on the fast lane the other day, that's the second best league in the world. It really is. And some of their top teams would rival the bottom half of the NHL. 
they're that talented and they're they're that serious about the defensive side of the game, the physical fitness, all that stuff. This is where um, uh, Tarasenko was for a handful of years yeah, before Ovechkin, he came here, Tarasenko, right? Tarasenko, okay. Malkin, all yeah. these guys who so have damn good league. Really good league. I played in that league, and I, at first I thought, okay, I'm going over here to make some money, a little partial retirement, you know, scoot around the ice, make a few pay passes, tape to tape, collect my paycheck. I was like, holy crap, these guys are taking it serious. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not know who I am? <laughs> I was like, we're working out twice a day. This is BS. I did not sign up for this. We're playing hard. These guys are actually back-checking. Whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, 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 not in my contract. However, it's a great league, and Clem Costin, I think in his last three games, he may have played one since. I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and check. He had eight points in three games. Wow. So he's peaking at the right time. And I look at this, and I said this the other day, and Jeff, I don't want you to get too excited. And if so, I hope you have an extra pair of pants. Okay? Now, this, be, this being said, Klim Costin, to me, is a perfect fit with Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron. Let's do it. Come on. <laughs> Think about it for a second. He's big. Yep. He's fast. He gets in on the forecheck. To your point, Donnie, he's not afraid to put a guy through the boards or over the boards. He's not afraid to drop the mitts. He's done it in the American League and done pretty darn good for himself. And he's got a bit of a scoring touch. I think he's got a heck. He's got an, an elite snapshot for the NHL, an elite shot. Why would you not put a guy who's going to be big, physical, able to do all that stuff with Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron? Heck, they've got I, Ivan Barbashev. Zach Sanford is what they want Clem Costin to be. Or vice versa. However you do it, right? Because right. of the age. But that's what you're getting. You're getting Zach Sanford that hopefully has a little bit more bite to his game in Clem Costin. So, Jeff, you can put on your other pair of pants. And you know, what, <laughs> you know what I love about Clem Costin, I've told you this before, is that I remember seeing him in juniors and at a world championship or something, uh, Russia yeah. won the Silver. Silver, and he like went over to the bench and like threw it on the bench and flipped off the crowd or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and then he apologized for it. I like the grit. He's young, yeah, okay, sure. bad decision making, but I like some the of fact us that have made some bad decisions. He's very passionate about. Listen, it. listen. I of agree, the three Jeff. people in this room, who is the most likely to pull that move? Donnie Van Dank. A hundred percent. I get it. I'm just, I'm just, I just said, wow, that's all. I, I, I get it, man. Silver's not good enough. You want the goddamn gold. That's right. All for it. So if you have a radio show, yes. you want to be the best in the business. Yes, you don't absolutely. want to be like second or third yes. in the market. No. Like, screw that. I get it. I get it completely. So, now, uh, learning curve to that is you can't flip off the crowd, especially right, when you're right. in Canada. Yes. That's probably not the best thing to do. Not because Canadians are better, but everybody's watching. Right. Everybody's watching at yeah. that point. So he, he issued an apology, uh, but that's the kind of bite I want in my guy. I'd like Same to here, taper down maybe some of the the non-discipline act to that, but to go over and not be satisfied. And, and he didn't, like the one Swedish guy before, like threw it back in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Flim Costin went over and gave it to like the trainer. Never put it on, gave it to the trainer. Was like, meh, hold that for now because one day I will appreciate this. As of right now, though, I'm pretty pissed. So I'm sorry, real quickly, does the KHL help with something like that? As far as his attitude, the well, looseness of him, right? Yeah, like the American saying, Hockey yeah. League is probably a little younger than it ever was. Like when I came in, I get three or four young guys. Now it's all young guys. You have three or four old guys. Mm-hmm. Whereas the KHL, yeah, there's serious discipline involved in the coaching. Good. Like think back 20 years, 25 years for school. How teachers used to be very, you know, were able to be very strict. Well, that's the Russian coaches. Like, there's no mess. You don't like this? We'll trade you to Siberia. How do you like that? Wow. And guys, like, hey, all of a sudden, I like to back check. Right, right. Real quick before we wind up, uh, I saw today not skating this morning in the skate. Pareko, Schwartz, Peron, Falk, Krug, and Gunnarsson. Uh, any idea who's in tonight? Who's out tonight? Uh, as far as guys who are out, Craig Bruby confirmed that uh, Jaden Schwartz is out. Tyler Bozak is out. Sammy Blay is a game-time decision, okay. I believe. Tory Krug is back. He's in. Colton Pareko is in. Scandella is in. Falk oh. is in. Uh, all those guys are, are in play. Robert Thomas, uh, still out. Who am I missing? I know they've had this slew of injuries here. I think you got everybody. I, I feel I got, like you got everybody. I feel like I, the if long... I forgot somebody, it basically it's going to be the same lineup as the other night. The, except I... for, sorry for a second. No, no. Gunnarsson is going to be in for Mikola, I believe. It's going to be Scandella, Pareko, Krug, Falk, Dunn, and Bartuzzo on D. The longer so Gunnarsson not in. Sorry. That Bozak is out, and the more I see Coach say things like he's not close or he's a ways away, yep. is the more that I want to see Mark Stone decapitated. Oh, is scumbag! That, mm, yeah. Is that is that wrong? His name no, is Scumbag. Now we call him Scumbag on the fast lane. That's I it. want somebody to kick his freaking ass. 
And I understand you have to be careful. I understand all of the reasons why. Ba, 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 ba. Not if it's the first shift of the game. But man, no repercussions. That no, dude not. needs to get his friggin' ass handed to him by someone. What needs to happen? And I don't condone this. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> is somebody's got to one address it with Mark Stone. Justin Falk did a good job, but now you need somebody like Kyle Clifford maybe to go over and give him a little nudge and say, "Hey, dude." Sorry, it's on like Donkey Kong or right. Braden Shan, who's a little more uh, seasoned in in those mm-hmm. things. Then you got to pay it back a little bit. You got to make sure not injure guys and rip no. their heads off, but you got to pay it back. You got to make Alex Petrangelo's night miserable. You got to make uh, Shea Theodore's night miserable. You got to make sure that all their star players, Jonathan Marcheseau. He hates being hit. Guess what I'm going to do every single time I'm near that guy? Heck, I'm bumping into him in the hallway if I have a chance just to let him know that I'm going to be here all night. Tip your waitress. That's another great podcast. Hockey players that you know don't like being hit. Oh, oh yeah. Because that's just that's part of the game, well, and you don't like getting hit. Nobody and really, if somebody finds out about that. Nobody really likes it. You know Some people I mean. just don't care. Right. Like, I never cared. I, to me, it was the battle. It was the inner battle. Like, at the end of the game, when I stare across at you— one of us will know who won that battle. And I never wanted to be the guy that put my head down and be like, damn it, he got me. Mm, you know? Yeah. I got rocked a few times. It happens. You live and die by the sword. Trust me. Yeah. But then I do, okay, note to self, that son of a. Now, <laughs> next time he gets the puck, guess what? I'm in the weeds and I'm going to come flying out of there. And all of a sudden, you're going to be ending up staring at the ceiling and go, son of a. Maybe I shouldn't have hit him that hard. <laughs> all right. I'm going to go ahead and rank myself for energy. Uh, in, uh, uh, let's see. Energy. Ooh, there goes the execution. Execu- no, my execution has been great. I just <laughs> forgot. I'm going to go ahead and say that I have made up for my Tuesday performance. I feel like I delivered to well, I'm glad you think that. I think you That's passed fantastic. again. It is the Last Minute Blues podcast. <laughs> Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton from 105.7 The Point, Jamie Rivers from 101 ESPN, former Blue defenseman. Listen, uh, we love doing this podcast. Send us emails, lmbp at 1057thepoint.com. We are looking for a sponsor, but more importantly, we're having a great time doing this. Share with your friends that love hockey. And as always, let's go Blues! The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring after two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability. Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.